1: Indeed, now 11 minutes after 10 o'clock a late coming in. We were a little late getting out. Really important information, thanks to my guests, Jim Simpson and Alex Newman on The Deep State. Now, we welcome our guest, Dr. Everett Piper, as we do each and every Thursday at this time. Dr. Everett Piper, of course, is a former university president. He is also a best-selling author. He is a columnist for The Washington Times, and he is a highly sought-after public speaker as well. Dr. Piper, good to have you. How are you, sir?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Pop.
1: Oh, so much ground to cover here, Dr. Piper. You know, you wrote your column this past weekend about uh, something that we discussed at length last week uh, because um, the Supreme Court decision on uh, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act essentially redefining sex. And as you write... Um, essentially eliminating women as a reality and only as a fantasy. We spent a ton of time on that last week, but I do want to give you a chance to kind of uh, follow up on that a little bit before we move forward based on your column. The Supreme Court rules women are no longer real, but literally just fantasies. Explain that, please.
2: You and I have talked about it uh, before, so I'll just summarize briefly. This piece that I wrote last week for The Washington Times is actually satire. But good satire is so close to the truth that it causes you to stop and say, is that really true?
3: Bingo. So I attempt,
2: I, I attempt good satire, and I think I would like to believe I succeeded in light of the attention the article got. Here's one of the quotes out of the article. I'm quoting Gorsuch as satire, and I'm saying, therefore, those of you who still cling to your antiquated belief that you are a female because of your physiology— must immediately cease engaging in such microaggressions and you must henceforth (laughs) give up your bathrooms, give up your showers, give up your scholarships, give up your sports and give up your jobs to those men who pretend to be what you truly are. You must identify, you must give up your identity. It is ours to define, not yours. You must give up your dignity. It is ours to grant. It is ours to take. Reason and logic are dead. And then I go on, as you know, I say we laugh at your creator. There are no unalienable rights. Original intent is the opiate of the masses. Self-evident truths are little more than intersectional power. All hail the god of feelings. Facts be damned. That's the... Again, good satire is so close to the truth that it causes you to step back and say, huh? And I had several people ask me, did he really say that? (laughs) Well, not exactly, but the outcome, the consequence of his ruling, the Supreme Court's judgment, this new law that now exists in the land, does exactly that. It declares that women are not biological facts. That is not true any longer. A woman is a social construct. A woman is now a feeling and a fabrication. A woman is not scientifically verifiable any longer. A woman is a psychological construct of the mind.
1: You know, you, you talk about that, that fine line between satire and truth, good satire and truth. I mean, with the exception of the direct quote that you, you used to illustrate your point from from Neil Gorsuch, which was, of course, not a direct quote, everything you said is true for crying out loud. The headline is reality. I mean, that is essentially what Gorsuch and the majority did say, is that, that being female is no longer a matter of chromosomes or anatomy or physiology. It is simply a mindset. If you feel like you are, therefore you are, and so if you are, even though you lack all of the basic scientific principles that define womanhood, or the sexes in general, um, you know, as long as you feel like you are, then we will accept that you are, and as long as you are what you think that you are, then somebody else who is biologically and and uh, anatomically, uh, uh, you know, which, because, uh, you know, we're focusing on the female, Dr. Piper, and we should point out that the trans movement that was pointed out here also would encompass those females who think that they are and act accordingly, despite, again, the wrong anatomical and chromosomal science to verify that. So I know your point is on the women, but uh, it, it does go in both directions, and it is. It's, they're saying essentially that sex is a construct of the mind, not a scientific uh, certainty.
2: Yes, and, yeah, and I, the reason I argue from the female side is I think that's a winning argument. If we could continue to point out that you can't be a feminist if you mm-hmm. deny the feminine. Me Too is meaningless if there are no real women. This is the reality. The left needs to recognize that they're sawing off the branch upon which they set when they claim to be feminist. You can't if a female isn't a fact. You can't be a feminist. You can't march for Me Too if women aren't real. This is the nature of social justice. Uh, the current social justice warriors movement is just nonsense because it makes no sense. Again, I'll repeat myself, and I'll shut up. They saw off the branch upon which they sit, and it comes tumbling down its self-refuting pablum.
1: Dr. Everett Piper is our guest on AM 1420 The Answer. Let's pivot a little bit. By the way, I like how you referred to the Church of, of Wokeness or Holy Wokeness or I think you called it the Cult of Holy Wokeness, which is kind of the same thing really uh, in 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 terms of of what they are doing here. They are using it as their religion so we can call it a church but real, in reality it is a cult that is uh, bending the minds of many. Uh, and, and in fact, let's use that to pivot to something else that we wanted to talk about today, Dr. Piper, and I'm glad to, uh, that I saw your retweet on Of Adam Ford, Uh, when Marxism infects the brain of a self-professed Christian, this is what you get. And Adam Ford tweeted uh, something from an individual trying to describe, uh, well, I'm going to let you describe it, really, as they try to essentially claim that what it means to be a Christian has nothing to do with Christ, and it has everything to do with every gender-bending, science-defying social norm uh, that, uh, that they can come up with. Why don't you take it from there?
2: Okay, I'm trying to find the tweet here. So if I can't find it, you may have to read some. of the I'll quotes. read it too.
1: Yeah, I'll be happy to. I'll be happy to. Okay, it's uh, it's, it's the Trinitarian, Rick, Tr- uh, Trinitarian Rick who is talking about right. the uh, about Christianity. Do you have it?
2: Um, why don't you read a couple of the quotes? I, yeah, I'll I'll set happy you up, to. and then you read a couple of the quotes, and then I'll I'll respond. This is gotcha. from a Christian, a Trinitarian, an Orthodox Christian who posts a series of tweets from a woman who's claiming to be Christian, but she goes through four or five tweets and denies the very premise of Christianity in Bingo. every single tweet. Now, I'll let you read a couple of these absurd okay. tweets, and then I'll respond to them.
1: I'll read them, and yeah, then, then we'll get you to analyze. So, so the, uh, the supposed Christian woman is Joe Lumen, who is responding to Trinitarian Rick, saying that we all need Christ. And her response was, quote, we all need Christ is in itself white supremacy. But you are not ready for that conversation, Rick. Tweet number two. Since conservative Christians keep coming at me here, I am a Christian and I believe proselytizing is violence against another. I am a Christian and I believe LGBTQ plus people are divine and should lead us. I am a Christian and I learn a lot from people who do not share my faith. That one I'm okay with. Uh, Next tweet. I am a Christian and I don't go to church. I am a Christian and I don't believe the Bible is the word of God. I am a Christian, and I embrace sex positivity, which includes but isn't limited to sex outside of marriage. And tweet number four. I am a Christian, and I believe everyone has access to God. Everyone. I am a Christian, and I do as I please, which is not to say I can harm anyone. That's never okay. And tweet five, I am a Christian, and I know Christianity has been used as a weapon of white supremacy for so long that any Christian who isn't actively dismantling white supremacy is harming people with their theology. And the the rap here... I'm a Christian, and I believe people know what's best for them. Sometimes that means running away from Christianity. I applaud them. Good luck, Dr. Uh, Piper. <laughs> take it away.
2: I I know you need to take a break. <laughs> so there's so much wrong with this. Let me just summarize. Everybody who just listens to you go through that litany of tweets ought to be... Uh, looking at their radio right now with a look of total confusion because this woman just denied the tenets of Christianity while claiming to be a Christian. But this is not unusual. There are many in the church today, and whatever denomination you want to put on this, again, I'll pick on my evangelical side of the fence, there are many in the holiness denominations today, denominations that supposedly believe in the inerrancy of the Word of God, their sola scriptura. They believe that the Bible is the ultimate authority and the ultimate definition of what it means to be a Christian. Everything this woman just said denies biblical authority. It denies the Apostles' Creed to boot. It denies the Nicene Creed to boot. She's claiming to be divine. She's claiming that um, sexual license is her right as a Christian. She's claiming that Uh, proselytizing, i.e. evangelism, letting people know about Jesus and the good news of the gospel and that you can become a new creation in Christ, i.e. proselytizing is white supremacy and white privilege. This is the holy wokeness church of the modern era. It's a new religion, and here's what it does, and I'll shut up. It demeans men. We've already talked about that. It degrades women. We've already talked about that. It elevates revenge, that's what this woman is implying right here. It encourages blame, oh she was big time on that, she's blaming everybody else but herself. It's a (laughs) theology that's an inch deep in compassion and a mile wide in compromise. It is not Christianity.
1: We could do an entire show on those tweets and what that means. Uh, I mean, there was a great summary, by the way. You got that done in about two minutes, but literally, I know you could speak on it for two hours on your radio show in Oklahoma or mine. Uh, we'll take our quick time out here and come back with Dr. Piper after this. Okay, 1025, I've got five good minutes left with Dr. Everett Piper now on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, so Dr. Piper, on the subject of gender and on what is being done to... Uh, as you said, delegitimize women and weaken men. Um, Mayor Bill de Blasio in New York, this story from the New York Post literally just yesterday, signed into law the day before on Tuesday. A new law that allows New York residents to select a third gender category on their birth certificates without having to get approval from a medical professional. It's exactly what we talked about, about a state of mind, about a fan- fantasy. Um de Blasio said New Yorkers should be free to tell their government who they are, not the other way around. Um, he is neglecting the fact that government doesn't decide what somebody is, and neither does an individual. Your human anatomy and your human biology and your human chromosomes tell you what you are. But beginning January 1st, a non-binary identity category is going to be known as X and will be available on birth certificates, along with M and F, the traditional male-female. You can now be an X if you wish. Dr. Piper, take it away. Uh-
2: Okay, a common theme on, uh, from me on your show is ideas have consequences. All ideas yes. bear fruit. Good ideas bear good culture, good community, good church, good kids, and good government, good country. Bad ideas are going to bear the exact opposite. The ideas that came out of the Supreme Court from Gorsuch and the majority told us that we can now define ourselves subjectively, legally. A woman isn't a fact. She's a fantasy. And what is the consequence of that idea? A week later, de Blasio signs this asinine bill into law that says there's a third gender category that is based totally, 100%, on fantasies and fabrications, social constructs, rather than science. They are waving the banner, science be damned. It doesn't matter anymore. You can create your own reality. Now, here's what we need to ask, Bob. Where is this idea going to lead next? Because if you can subjectively define yourself as a third gender that doesn't exist, why can't you define yourself as other things that don't exist factually in nature? For example, if you want to define yourself as a 14-year-old girl, can you? Well, there's a guy in Great Britain right now who's about 45 years old who is doing that. Okay, Can you do that? Is that logical, rational, is it scientific, is it should it be legal? We need to ask ourselves, is that where we want to go? How about if you wanted to define yourself as a dragon, like this guy in Texas is doing, where he has had doctors put tattoos across his body in the form of <laughs> scales. He's, has, he's had his nose bobbed surgically, and he's had his ears removed, and they have implanted horns on his head. This is a fact. I'm not making it up. So this guy is now a dragon? I mean, th- where are we gonna go with all this nonsense and who's gonna wave the flag and say, stop.
1: Just stop. I guess he would be X on his birth certificate then. He would change his, uh, his sex to X. <laughs> Cause I, I mean, I guess X is going to stand for dragon, canine, you know, whatever strange combination you want to be. By the way, Dr. Piper, I apologize. I did not do my homework here and check the date of the de Blasio story. He actually signed this. I just received it in an email yesterday. Uh, but it's actually two years old from 2018. Oh. So he, uh, he, became, oh. he went, cra- yeah, he went crazier earlier than we realized, but every point you just outlined is 100% accurate. And let me close with this, or rather allow you to close with this, uh, because it's something that you, 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 you tweeted also yesterday about Poland. Tell us what the president of Poland is doing with respect to what's going on in the United States and in other places.
2: Okay, real, real quick. Poland, um, I visited there two years ago. The churches in mm-hmm. Poland are 90% full on the weekend, on Sunday. The Catholic churches are almost full, overflowing. Poland is taking a stand against this nonsense, and the poster child for Poland having some sanity where we've lost our mind is the president of Poland spoke just a week or two ago at President Duda, and he said this, LGBTQ is an ideology, it's not a people group. Amen! Thank you! It is an ideology, it is not a scientific category. And in fact, Michelle Foucault a uh, homosexual philosopher, and Gore Vidal, an active homosexual back in the 60s or so, both of them said the same thing. I'll close with this quote from Gore Vidal. These are behavioral adjectives. There's no such thing as a homosexual person or a heterosexual person. You're just persons. These are behavioral adjectives. And on that, I agree with Gore Vidal.
1: Dr. Everett Piper, bringing the knowledge, uh, as he always does. Doctor, tremendous job. Thank you so much for the time, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bless us. 1030 now on AM 1420, The Answer. We are guest-free the rest of the way. So if you've been chomping at the bit to uh, get in this morning, do it. 216 Dial it up now, 888-281-1110. Right back. 10.37, onward and upward, we hope. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks again to our guests, Jim Simpson, Alex Newman, and Dr. Everett Piper today. Uh, really great information all the way around. I want to process uh, your thoughts now at 216 901 Got a question, got a comment on any of the news in the uh, program today or something we have missed, by all means, dial us up. We'll go to uh, Susan. You are on AM fourteen twenty the answer. Thanks for your call, Susan. Go right ahead.
4: Uh yes. Um I'm very thankful that your your station and also I heard Dr. Piper yesterday on uh on the Prager show. Um he is very articulate and very uh very much a Christian. Yeah. He of all people would know what a Christian is. But anyway, um I it's so ironic that I just read yesterday in the issue or latest yesterday's issue of the Sandusky Register which we get daily um, about a <clears throat> Baptist church pastor is about to retire, and it gave us a little, little description of what he had done and all that. and And um, he said his name was Wally Gilbert, and he said says the very last few sentences. It says, Wally reminded current ministers to love God and people. "Quote: Remember, God is God and nothing less. People are people and nothing more." Unquote. And I went down to my computer last night, and I put that on on my computer, and I, I'm running copies of that little statement to take to my church to pass out. They can stick it in their window of their car or the house because it says it all. God is everything. People are just people, and they're not to be worshiping anybody that's a people. <laughs>
1: That is a great quote, uh, and that is a great point. And that's a very brilliant pastor, um, and it is something they that never. I think is lost on. Uh, it is lost on America. Uh, well, actually, maybe worldwide, I don't know. I guess I can only speak to what I know best, and that is here. But you're right. That that message is lost. We we are being told to worship at the altar of many things that are not worshipable. In other words, what you just said: things that are not God. God is God. People are people. We should not be worshiping people of any kind.
4: Right, and there one ideas. more thing. St- one more end, the very end of the article, and I didn't get that. <laughs> I didn't finish mm-hmm. it there. It says he said that. This quote that's kept me steady over the last fifty one years. And you know, this is a godly man. <laughs> he's had a successful, <clears throat> successful church, and he's retiring. and And uh, I, I urge people to go back and re listen to your podcast of Doctor Piper. And I don't know if if Dennis Prager has rebroadcast on podcasts of what he said yesterday. But what they discussed yesterday was really even more disturbing about how so many evangelical preachers are just caving into all this stuff that's out there. Yeah, that's they, all they of-
1: really are. And, and he wrote an article. Thank you, Susan, for the call. Dr. Piper wrote an article last week, actually, in his uh, Washington Times column space, in which he takes his fellow evangelicals to task. Um, in not, not just evangelists per se, but evangelicals, followers. Um, and he takes them to task for for buying into, promoting, uh, and and essentially condoning, signing off on, almost authorizing and approving of behaviors that that essentially um, fly in the face of what you described from that pastor, uh, and taking. So much of the agenda of the Black Lives Matter movement uh, and applying it to the deconstruction of the family, applying it to the uh, end of uh, what what they like to call, you know, gender norm, uh, normative behavior. Um, they're trying to destroy all of those things. Uh, the word of the Bible is not the word of God. All of these things that are advanced by these Marxists, the Black Lives Matter organizers, and others... Um, they do. They fly in the face of our faith and of their faith, and yet so many are signing off on it. And he, he wrote an article about that I would highly recommend you reading because it uh, perhaps goes into more depth than even his commentary on today's program did. But, Dr. Piper, you can find that online at uh, the Washington Times and just search his name. Uh, okay, let's go to Lakewood, and this is Dave on AM 1420, The Answer. Hello, Dave. Go ahead.
4: Uh, hi. You said something this morning that I really appreciate and
2: <clears throat> really woke me up to the thought What's people think Black Lives Matter is to improve the life of and the lot of the black people. Black Lives Matter is a radical outfit. They are just trying to destroy what we have in America. They could care less about it. They, they are you woke me up. They're a radical outfit. They could care less. They what you could say or Larry old or anybody, God love you because you're waking people up to what Black Lives Matter? matter actually is thank you so much for what you said this morning
1: well dave it's my pleasure and thank you for saying that and let me follow up on it appreciate your call um look uh as albert moeller said in one of our um you know salem media features uh that we play commentary this is not a condemnation of the idea that black lives matter because that is a statement that is a sentence. And that sentence is absolutely 100% true. Black lives do matter. Uh, black lives matter because, as I've said before, they are American lives. They are human lives, even, you know, cause again, black lives from outside of America. They're human lives. Of course they matter. All lives matter at all ages, including gestational ages. Okay? But black lives matter, not the sentence, but the organization is unholy. It is an organization that is built on, as you just said, built on uh, chaos. It is it is trying to bring about uh, insurrection in the United States and uprooting of the government and, quite frankly, an erasure of the history of this great republic so that something new and unholy can be put in its place. And if you don't believe me, listen to them. This is on their web- website. Dr. Piper brought, wrote about this last week. It's kind of coincidental, two straight calls that I'm going to reference Dr. Piper in. But he summarized what is on the Black Lives Matter website under the heading, What uh, What uh, Do We Believe? And they say directly, we do the work required to dismantle cisgender privilege. We build a space that is free from sexism, misogyny, environments in which men are centered. We dismantle patriarchal practices. We disrupt the Western-prescribed nuclear family structure. We foster a queer-affirming network with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking. So, in other words, everything that is, is you know, essentially straight, white, and male is what we are looking to destroy because that is what this country was essentially built upon in their mind. Uh, Because our founding fathers were indeed male, um, they call everything that they don't like uh, uh, to be brought about by the patriarchy. Because um, the history of this country was largely brought about and written by, I don't want to say just written by, but brought about by uh, the efforts of white America, and in particular... um, the construction of our system of government and this, this constitutional republic that we have built, they essentially call that white privilege, and we have to end all of that as well. We are queer-affirming. We want to, again, destroy the family. How many times do we need? They're rabidly anti-Semitic and pro-abortion. What about those black lives, as I said, that are gestational? But, but what kind of an organization can say, we intend to destroy the Western prescribed nuclear family structure, knowing that, as Larry Elder is quick to quote, a child growing up without a father, which the nuclear family is two parents married, raising their children in the same household. Now, that doesn't mean you can't succeed other ways. There are success stories of single parent households. There are success stories of parents, uh, you know, being divorced, but raising their children in separate places, but also working together. There are all kinds of things. But generally speaking, the numbers are crazy when you look at the number of people who grow up. Without a father, in a single-parent household, almost exclusively a mother-only household, those people, those children grow up to be five times more likely, and I'm going to try to remember Larry's quotes. He cites them all the time. Five times more likely to drop out of school. I believe it was ten times more likely to end up on drugs and 20 times more likely to end up in prison. And I may be be off on those numbers a little bit. Like I said, I'm going by memory here. But the point that brought it up is the fact that, yes, the nuclear family is extraordinarily important to help all people advance and and to find their way and to survive and thrive in a multicultural, diverse, wonderful, uh, uh, freedom-loving republic like the United States of America. Raise your children together. Put them in schools, make sure they're going, work with them on their homework, make sure that they're doing all of their assignments, make sure they respect authority, make sure they respect your authority in the home. Then they'll respect the authority of the figures in the school, then they'll respect the authority figures in society, including police officers. This is something that is missing when families are, 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 are disrupted, and this is what BLM says. It's part of their Marxist ideology. Destroy the country from within by destroying its building blocks. The building block of our society is the nuclear family. Children who grow up in nuclear families, meaning their parents are married and living together and working together to raise the kids with the right ideals and ideas and respect for law, authority, and order, those children grow on to have wonderful, successful lives, and they pass those same things to their own children. One last thought. About what the caller Dave just mentioned, about Black Lives Matter not really caring about black lives. Black Lives Matter, again, the organization, not really being about black lives. Bob Dyer wrote about it. I talked about it on the show a couple of days ago, about Benjamin Crump, the famous Black Lives Matter attorney, who represents as many black families as he can find that he believes were wronged by um, police or by white Americans. Benjamin Crump jumped on the case of the terrible shooting of Nakia Crawford down in Akron. She's black. She was in a car driving her mother. She was gunned down as three people in a car came up to her in what is now being called a case of mistaken identity. They were trying to shoot somebody else. They shot the wrong person, apparently. But 18-year-old African-American Nakia Crawford was killed. The initial report either given to or provided by Ben Crump. All we know is that his name was on a letter that said, I represent, in a letter to the uh, Attorney General Bill Barr, I represent the family of Nakia Crawford, an 18-year-old African-American who was gunned down by a white male in a, in a drive-by shooting uh, here in Akron, Ohio. And I demand an investigation by the, federal, or by the Department of Justice into federal hate crime charges. White man shooting black female victim. Ben Crump disappeared the moment police announced the actual suspects. The suspects were not a white male driving a car who shot a drove up and shot Nakia Crawford. The suspects are all three African American. Adaris Black uh, is one of them. He's the only one who's still on the loose, by the way. They are still looking for Adaris Black. The other two have turned themselves in. But the moment he realized that this young black life wasn't taken by a white shooter, that it was taken by, a, by a three um, a black suspects, suddenly that black, black life no longer mattered. See, this is why, again, m- m- so many of us agree that black lives matter. But we do not support the organization called Black Lives Matter because they're liars. Ben Crump doesn't care about that black life because that black life is not going to advance his profile, his fame, and his fortune. Because a, a black girl dying at the hands of black people is not newsworthy. They don't care about those black lives. I'm talking about Black Lives Matter, the organization. Benjamin Crump. He does not care about her. He cared about the story, which was, uh, white girl shot by black guy, I'm in. I'm going to get rich off of this one like I have on so many others. Oh, wait a minute. The suspects are black. I'm out. See ya. Good luck, Crawford family. Hope everything works out for you. He's a fraud. Nick Crawford, Nakia Crawford's grieving father, said on Monday he just wanted publicity. He set this up and bailed on us. So this is the reality of the situation. Black Lives Matter, the organization, doesn't care about black lives. They care about division. They care about insurrection. They care about uh, advancing uh, the destruction of this capitalist economy and this capitalist society, this, this liberty-driven uh, 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 republic, driving it into the ground and replacing it in their own image, with their own model, which, again, is communist in nature. This is the reality of the situation. If Black Lives Matter, Ben Crump would not have bailed on Nakia Crawford's family. He would still be right there side by side with them saying, let's get the people who did this. But he doesn't want to do that because the people who did this are black. And that's a, that's just the, the the entirety of the Black Lives Matter movement for you in a nutshell. Black lives do matter to all of us. They matter to me. I'll say that. Absolutely. Black Lives Matter, the organization, is a terrorist group. We'll be right back. Okay, last segment of the show. Let's get a few more phone calls in. We'll go to uh, Kirtland. Carol, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Carol, go ahead.
4: Hi, Bob. Um, I have two questions. Is Neil Gorsuch leaning towards the left and away from the conservative values that he was elected for? Not elected, but...
1: And what what was the second question, Carol?
4: The second one was does President Trump have executive orders to revoke citizenships of all these people that are creating problems and don't like our country?
1: well uh, i i can 't and thank you for the call carol um i I will speak to the first one about Neil Gorsuch leaning to the left you know i um uh I don't know what to make of the the uh, Associate Justice Gorsuch. I was a strong supporter of his selection when President Trump made it. Early on, the question that many of us had was, would Kavanaugh be as a, much of an originalist and conservative as, as Gorsuch? Now, it looks like Kavanaugh maybe is the better choice of the two. Does it mean he's leaning left? I don't know, but I'll tell you what I do think because of some of the rulings. And I wanted to speak specifically to this one so I can get to the other callers. I think both he and Kavanaugh are very cognizant of their reputations. There were huge pushbacks against their nominations in the first place because of belief that they would be just like Donald Trump and be not be, you know, uh, beholden to the Constitution, that they would be conservative activists and be wild radicals, blah blah blah. And I think both of them are working very, very hard to make sure that they are not viewed that way. And as such, some of sometimes they are making decisions that do side with the liberal activists on the court just so that they can perhaps protect their own reputations or their own legacies for their time on the court. That's my belief because I don't think there's any way, constitutionally speaking, either one of them could make some of the decisions that they've made in the last uh, six to 12 months. Thank you so much for the call, Carol. Let me get to
3: uh, oh, my friend Will in Houston. Hey, Will, what's going on? Hey, brother, real quick, man. I, you know, I'm I'm relatively young, and so the whole concept of Marxism is new to me. There's nothing that we really grew up, you know, hearing growing up. So, but 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 seeing all this stuff now, man, it's 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 insane how how much Marxism is like raising its ugly head. It's, and and I, I I feel like our side man, we need we need to call it out every single time this stuff comes up. We need to slap that label on BLM every chance we get. And and second, my second point, real quickly, this group is about abolishing the police, not not just defunding. They're about abolishing. Look up um, Janaya Khan. This is the wife of Patrice Colors. She's the founder of BLM Toronto. She has videos on YouTube. About abolishing, talking about abolishing police. So I, I think we, we really, man, it, it needs. We they need to be exposed for what they are, brother. That's that's all. I, what I want
1: was to what I was her last say. name? Janaya? Janaya? What? Will? Kahn, Khan. K H A N. Got the it. Wife got of it. Patrice Kaloris. I did not know that Patrice calors I was saying colors, but calors I did not know that she was. Uh, you had a same-sex spouse. Uh, but it oh, does absolutely. explain a lot. It does explain a lot about the queer uh, affirming yes, network and the dismantling cisgender privilege and so on and so forth that is a part of yes, the Black sir. Lives Matter yes, movement. Yes, yeah, sir. that does. That explains a lot. Well, thanks for the call, my friend. I appreciate it. Okay, uh, I apologize to everybody that I left on hold, but we are out of time. Uh, thanks so much to my guests. Thanks to our team, uh, Andrew and, uh, uh, and Marcy, today. And thanks to you for listening. We're back tomorrow with Free For All Friday. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.
4: Enjoy the silence.